Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Mr. Iman. Hello. Pete. How are you? All good, all good. I always have to make sure that we open up the show and make sure that you're okay. Yes, today I am chipper. You're fucking chipper, huh? <laughs> Guys, Project Sapien, check us out. ProjectSapien.org. Shoot us an email. ProjectSapien2020 at gmail.com. We want to say thanks to our supporters. Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, FitCops.com, 22 Mohawks. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And we want to say a special thanks for getting us op- up and over 23,000 listeners, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting up there. It's amazing, man. We're pumping out the content. People are liking it. Yeah. They haven't told us to fuck ourselves yet, so. Um, but maybe they did. I don't know. You just don't want to hurt my feelings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, well, like, you know, I, I think I, I went back and forth with my last Instagram post on Project Sapien. Oh, I saw that. Right? All I did was, please continue. Go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just real quick, uh, I did a, a post, um, Instagram post on on uh, Project Sapien, and it was a post about uh, just you know, uh, basically we, we, the post just was says from all of us in law enforcement, we're in the midst of the longest, saddest, most excruciating, and unsatisfying. I told you so in the history of the world. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what did fuckhead have to say about it? Uh, oh. Did fuckhead erase all his comments? He probably did. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on, hold on. I, I got to go into your into the text. Uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, okay, all right. I just brought up your text messages that me and you. Uh, wait, just wait, wait. Laughing. Be careful what you read, bro. <laughs> oh no, trust me. I I am uh, I am truly enjoying every little bit of this. So he, this individual, writes. Important to remember, law enforcement solves less than two percent of all crimes. So mm. what? So what are we paying you for? And I said, you tell me. He writes, state-sponsored terrorism. I'm like, please go on. <laughs> I said, do you suppose I'm wrong? I'm like, no, please tell me how you came about these statistics. And uh, I would love references. Yeah. And I would love to know more. Let's get the data. And he, that's it. It just went. And then another uh, uh, tool tool who has tons of pictures of cats. Yeah. Probably uh, a Russian bot for all I know. Yeah. But to write, law enforcement thinking they're insightful oracles while being undereducated. Oh, I would, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, over indoctrinated, wholly lacking the capacity for nuance and just jurisprudence in the execution of their jobs. I, I like how he used big words. You're lucky how you're, that you're replying to this shit because my replies would have been then, like, eat a dick. Well, no, I'm just like great at executing their scissory though. And I said, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not, listen, there's no need, like there's no need for me to even get worked up over yeah. social media warriors, you know? So, so to me, like I'm the biggest troll. Yeah. I'll just be like, please continue. And how do you know? Oh my God. OMG. I had no idea. OMG. Please LOL. tell me more. Dude, you know, one of my teachers used to say, keep your mouth shut before you open it to prove that you're an idiot. Here's the thing. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, you saw the news or- uh, we, did the, a, we did a thing on it. Well, well, no, not even that. Just his airplane incident. Yeah, yeah. His airplane incident. I bet you recently. that dude's not going to do it again. 
that's the thing. It goes back to saying he had a great quote that he said, people got so comfortable talking shit over the internet that they forgot how they, they basically, because they're not worried about fists coming at them anymore. Guess what? It's all fun and games. They get punched in the face. Fuck around and find out. And who did he find out with fucking Iron Mike? Like, imagine getting punched. I mean, I love the picture of the kid after. Like, he's all crying. He looked like he was I'm in a like, car accident. Exactly. I'm like, well, who the fuck do you think you were talking to, first of all? Who's this victim? I fuck. know, right? Oh, it was, it was awesome. But uh, at least LADA said that they will not be pressing charges against Mike Tyson. Because the kid probably, like, they probably talked to the kid, and he was probably a douche to them, too. Well, no, he, he threw a water bottle at, at Mike. That's what happened. No, That's I'm saying to like the DAs. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, the DAs, yeah. But it was all on video when, when he threw the bottle at fucking Tyson. Why would you lift a finger to Mike Tyson? I don't know. Anyways, before we get way off topic. <laughs> uh, we got this guy on hold right now. He's yeah, probably yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I found this uh, guy, uh, Taylor, uh, on uh, Instagram. Actually, his uh, company, uh, Chimera XR. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to actually have him explain it all. But you can uh, check him out on Instagram, and, and we'll, we'll have him do his website and all that good stuff. So, Taylor, are you on with us, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Taylor, man. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, yeah, and sorry. You, and, and sorry for all the uh, technical difficulties that my partner uh, created. You're fucking blaming <laughs> me, asshole? <laughs> uh, I just blame you. Listen, you're, you're the one in control of this shit, all right? I'll just blame you. So, anyways. I was going to go somewhere with that, but we're. Uh -oh. I'm choosing the high road. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Taylor, bro, sorry for yeah. all this shit, and sorry for having to listen to us for the last, like, five minutes. <laughs> the banter and the OCD. No, I am excited to be here, so. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so, just, it just so happened I was uh, uh, cruising the interwebs uh, for ever. I was actually trying to find the end of the interwebs until I, <laughs> you know, I actually came across um, uh, Chimera XR, and I, I actually took a look at it and deeper look at it. I'm like, Oh wow. Giggity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, this thing is really cool. And, uh, and I've heard buzzing around here and there a little bit about these types of, uh, uh, new upcoming, uh, uh, tools to help training. And, um, and it's, it's pretty cool. So, so Taylor, uh, before we start with that, let's, let's, uh, get into a little bit of your background, uh, where you're from. And, and, uh, I know you told me your prior military, but, but let's, uh, let's yeah, the start floor, there. The, the floor is yours, dude. Go yep. for it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you and, you know, I think the, the mindset you guys have really resonates with me and with the rest of our team and, um, you know, in trying to push the standard of, you know, what's available for law enforcement forwards in terms of training. And that's where I came from in a way. I came from a training background in the military. Uh, I just retired after 15 years of a mix of full-time, part-time service in the reserves up here in Canada. Um, my primary job when I left my full-time gig was teaching firearms, uh, putting together scenario training and, and tactics related training for the airfield security team and for the military police as well as just running the day-to-day, -day, you know, qualifications and mm -hmm. um, pistol rifle stuff. So, yeah, and I just saw this gap. You know, we were using screen simulators. I'm sure you guys have, have, have seen those at some yeah, point, right? Yeah, yeah, the Milo the, systems. Yeah, any, any of those. You know, there's a bunch of, uh, of companies that do it. And we had a couple of those, and it, it, it served a purpose. You know, it, it was doing 
uh, it was doing some good for some people, but it certainly had so many limitations that I ended up kind of deciding to re-engineer it myself. And I, I kind of broke the system in the process. Yes. I literally took the screen, three of them, and I'm like, okay, you know, the main thing I had a problem with initially with scenario training was like, you know, A, it's not stressful, right? Yeah. Like there are dudes coming into the room and they're like, the only stress they're getting is because someone's standing behind them with a grading them or something. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well we need to increase the level of stress. How are we going to do that? Okay. Well we have a couple ways, you know, maybe a pain penalty device, maybe we could, uh, you know, make it more immersive, change the lighting. And so we start messing around with that kind of stuff. But still the major issue is, was a lack of situational awareness in 360 degree environment. So you know, it's a flat screen and we're really literally telling these people, you walk in the room, just look in one direction, right? That's what we're telling them. That's what as trainers, we were basically reinforcing by using the screen. So I was like, you know what? I don't like that. Why don't we take two of the three screens and bring them around to the side? And mind you, this is before this was a, a product you could buy on the market. Yep. Um, and it, basically I was like, we'll get two other projectors, two other computers, We'll get uh, a dude hide under the floorboards and press play at the same time on those two projectors that are not connected to the simulator and have it all basically sync up with the simulator's existing video in such a way that it's compelling and they think that they're looking at three different parts of the same scenario and they have to process those, you know, and try to make decisions around who's taking what, um, you know, and, and what priority of tasks. And it works a little bit better, but it still needed to go quite a bit further. So I end up looking into VR uh, and around that time, I decided, you know, I, I think I could do this as a business. I could create um, access, accessible training for law enforcement as a business. It's sort of my training company, uh, Chimera Firearms Training, and it still stands to this day. But basically that whole process led me to go, okay, there's a product that needs to happen here. I don't know how, I'm not a coder, I'm not a software person. I love technology, but I don't know how this would all come about. And I kept looking for people that were doing this and I found someone who was doing it. Uh, and that kind of got me a little further down the road. Um, that was in 2017 into 2018. So for a couple of years, there are prototypes with this person. And um, then they decided, you know what, this is too hard. I'm going to, uh, you know, just stick with my day job. And I'm like, you know, I, I can't do that. Like this is, I've quit my job to do this. And I also know this is going to happen. Right. Yeah. And around that time, a couple of the companies in our space did pop up um, and, and sort of coming on the scene. So I ended up going my own route, restarting the project uh, on my own. And yeah, fast forward, you know, 18 months. And, and here we are today with a product in market, um, clients that we're proud of, like the like Canada's National Police Force, the RCMP, um, U.S. Marshals in the States, um, and the U.K. military. So it's, a, it's been an exciting ride. That is awesome. So, yeah, dude. so just so what, what people uh, know, th know what you're talking about, basically you took an Oculus system you know, like a total virtual reality system and transformed it into a law enforcement slash military uh, realistic training where, again, it's, it's, it's that old adage where what the eyes see, the mind believes to be true, right? So you basically took that adage and created that stressful environment for the officer because again it, you know the mind plays tricks on you eventually you're going to feel like you actually are in that gunfight or you are 
uh, you know, your heart rate increases and, and all that stuff. And, and it's, it's pretty exciting to see that starting to come about because we, we you know, uh, myself and, and, and you too, we spoke, you know, when, when we were first getting to know each other. And, and one, one of the biggest things that me and you both agreed with is the stress part of training. It's not, it's not there. Other than, other than SWAT and, and some other very specialized units, uh, stress inoculation never happens. I mean, I mean a, patrol officer, right. a patrol officer in, in America, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but I, I can talk, speak uh, about America, is when a patrol officer graduates the academy, that's all they really need. You graduate the academy, you hit the road, and you might have to do in-service, shoot twice a year, or maybe, if you're lucky, twice a year. Um, and Yeah, your, uh, your exposure and your desensitization to stress yeah. goes from, like, a 10 to a 1 after your first year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing with 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 the training. Why why do you see cops have that deer in the headlight look when they right. come across something or something of extreme stress, where they're like, oh shit, or the thousand yard stare or that the happens thousand yard all the time. stare, the the fight or flight response that really hits because you know because as law enforcement in the military we do it all the time, but in law enforcement we're not hitting that primal instinct of the fight or flight. Really, we're we're not really hitting it hard. So Taylor, tell me how your system, like I'm looking at it on the website right now. First of all, tell people where you want them to go to check it out. Do you give them a website or email addresses or whatever, right? But while you do that, I want to know how the system is based on, like I'm looking at some of the pictures. I'm looking at, a, you know, a guy holding a rifle, lower receiver, you know, uh, blue mag. T tell us how it is, you know, top to bottom. Yeah, for sure. So our system is based on a virtual reality headset. Right now, we're using Oculus Quest 2. We could use any VR headset we've used a number of in the past. But what makes our system unique in, in the space of virtual reality training systems is that we built it to be the easiest to use, fastest to set up, most mobile, and least costly system on the market. So kind of some comparisons and metrics. You know, We're 10 times less costly than the equivalent wraparound screen simulator. Right. So you could get 10 of our systems for one of those big, you know, permanent screen installations that wrap around a, you know, 300 degree system. So um, the headset communicates to a firearm component. We have a complete firearm we can sell as well as the adapter, which you see on the website, uh, which allows you to use your upper receiver on our lower oh, uh, cool. along with any standard magazines. Yeah. The blue mags are just, you know, because of the nature of training and right. trying to be really that we're using training stuff but yep. you could use five mags and you know there's no there's no hammer on the lower so it's literally just a, a trigger that um resets a button that allows the system to know when you're firing or on safe or reloading the magazine uh, you could even run your own bolt and charging handle and run dummy rounds through the system if you want uh so that's that's one option we have a recoiling rifle as well which is not on the site yet uh it's literally just been in production for a few months so we haven't done a lot uh, you'll see it on our social media a couple times, a few videos there where it's a really slick electric recoil. Um, and that's a totally different thing. You know, the simulation industry it hasn't changed in 25 years, essentially. We've had these screen systems. We've had gas-based blowback. You know, we've never had a fully mobile system you can use inside and even outside in some cases, uh, connected to other systems across the world, train in 3D and do positional, you know, around, underneath structures and vehicles. Uh, along with a, a gun that cycles 5,000 times before you need to charge it again. You know, so you oh. get 30 round mags and normally if you're using a system like a simulator, you got to bump those mags up every, every, you know, 30 or 60 rounds, depending. 
Um, this system just runs five ra- five thousand rounds on one charge. Um, so we're really trying to again make make training accessible. Remove all the excuses. You know, ah, oh, we don't have the guy who runs the simulator. Okay, well your simulator needs to be easier to run than that. You yeah, know, exactly. anyone should be able to run the simulator. Yes. Um, you know, the system is too expensive. Okay. Well, here's a system that you can get for twenty thousand uh, dollars. We we generally sell the first unit at ten thousand um, for most small agencies, just to make it really easy for them to start. You know, there should be no barrier to accessing training. It's my philosophy. Well, that that's the biggest thing. So, so you know, all all these uh, you know big uh, the this uh, from big cities to small towns, uh, uh, law enforcement always gets left in the lurch in terms of training. Yeah. Which we get, you know, our our uh, respective chiefs, uh, depending on where you're at, uh, we get it that that it's tough. They they always ask for more money for training. Actually, these days we're getting whatever we want for training, which is hilarious. But but it's it's it's. It's very important. I, I don't think society has realized, or maybe they're realizing now, how important it is to have well-trained officers to be out on the streets versus the cookie cookie cutter. Like you know, let's send them through the academy. Here's a gun and a badge, and let's go out Look, there and I, do work. I I know I know a lot. Like like this is going to sound a little bit far fetched to you, right? When you and bear with me here, you too, Taylor. Bear with me. When you are setting up a training for a department, right, especially yep. for a larger department, you have a lot of overtime. Oh, you have yeah. a lot of things that you need to consider, yep. right? Uh, a lot of days off and this and that. And you're you're putting, you know, like my department, twenty five hundred guys through fucking one training, and yeah. it's it's going fucking bananas. Something like this, or let's say we were doing it on one of our screen systems. Yeah. It it would take fucking months to oh, yeah. do. Oh yeah, right. Well, you need you need the trainer who who's trained on the the Milo system. Yeah, because that would be the only officer who's allowed to even touch it. Exactly. And you got to work around their schedule. And yeah, uh, what I'm trying to say is something like this, where it's it's mobile, it's user friendly. Yeah, it, it reduces stress from the sense of uh, uh, getting it deployed. Yeah, right. It reduces all that. Guys can, a, a captain that has a house with a hundred cops in it can say, you know what? 20 minutes a day, you guys can use this system. Yeah. Go ahead. Go train on it. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You could, you could easily, uh, like with this, like during roll call for a quick 10 minutes. Yeah. Put one of the officers through a scenario. Exactly. And go. Or set up, you know, a half hour. Some departments have workout times. Yeah. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Yeah. During workout time. During you can... workout time, run a scenario. Yeah. This is something that when you're, I mean, I'm looking at it on the website and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Taylor, how many scenarios have you built into this thing? So we built, at this point, we've built 20 different um, drills and scenarios along with another 30 or 40 templates that essentially allow you to start building your own content on top of it. Oh, nice. Um, and Primarily, we focused on uh, vehicle and structure-based, you know, drills. So sure. the tactical end of things. And now we're really heavily focusing on the de-escalation in terms of um, like a verbal or less lethal de-escalation uh, and scenarios that specifically address those training points. Interesting. So, so yeah, obviously the big thing now is is communication because uh, most of our newer comps have forgot uh, has have lost the art of speaking because yeah. they, you know they they grew up around uh talking through a headset uh you know playing playstation that's as far as they got with their social skills um and they've lost the edge in terms of reading body language and seeing uh how somebody reacts to whatever they say especially you know with a badge uh the minute you you know you you go up to uh an edp a mostly disturbed person i mean it, it to de-escalate that takes a lot of work takes a lot of finesse and takes a lot of of time 
to to get that. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot. Exactly. It takes a lot of practice. That, that, that's the thing I'm going to where at least with this. You know, with, with with what you're doing, Taylor, with building these types of training scenarios into the system, now every roll call, you could just take one officer per roll call or two officers, put a couple headsets, all right, we're going to practice, this is a de-escalation scenario, or this right. is an active shooter scenario, or this is what, this is this, and, and just have everyone train and and that's that's what's amazing so so for example so w like at my department uh, I put together a lesson plan for training uh, we have a opportunity where our high our old high schools are getting demolished so we oh, are we are yeah they gave us car blinds like hey go do whatever break shit whatever you want to do I'm like perfect you yeah. tell me I can break shit here we go but the pain in the ass of scheduling guys yeah and like I'm working with our training lieutenant and just because again vacations and time off and or somebody's butt hurt fucking or, I can't yeah, do it or yeah, whatever exactly exactly and 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 you know it's it, it's something like this we wouldn't even really have to do that look you could you could 100 percent do like a day oh yeah 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 you yeah. could 100 percent set up scheduling times and this and that but what i'm saying is to avoid having to do that training once or twice a year right it, if i was a boss and i had my house of 100 guys and girls i would say you know what to my lieutenants and my sergeants once a week, try and get one of these guys, these guys through one of the scenarios. Yeah. It's not a check the box fucking training. No. It's, I want to keep them up. Like I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at some of the scenarios and stuff and, and drills and everything. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. I like that picture of the cop behind the state police vehicle there, uh, the cruiser with the rifle. And, you know, it looks like he's, he's training, getting ready to go do an entry or something, but at least I mean, that's realistic. It's desensitizing you know? guys, man. You know, yeah. policing we say is what 99% fucking boredom and 1% yeah. pure panic. Yeah. Why do we have to have it that way? You can put somebody through a panic situation right now in training. Oh yeah. It'll take you two minutes to set it up. So, so that's the thing, Taylor, with, with kind of, Stress inoculation training, right? I mean, have you have you seen uh, when when these uh, officers or military members are using the system? Can you, do you see them actually like um, flinch when they're getting shot at or whatever? Generally, what we see is the the immersion that virtual reality provides off the bat yep. usually changes the way that they're performing, and that's really interesting because you know a lot of the most like like staunch critics of VR, um, you know, before they put their, their head in the headset, we'll say, oh, it's not real enough. And it's just, you know, I don't normally wear a headset on patrol. So, you know, this is not realistic. <laughs> okay. So it gets pretty funny because when they put the headset on, a lot of the time those same people will go to lean against the car that only exists in virtual reality and they'll fall down <laughs> in their yeah. own training facility in front of us, their teammates, their bosses, um, and, and that's, that's a relatively regular occurrence that happens. I'd say like one in every four or five demos that we do. Um, even after we explain, you know, how this all works, the safety around what the, the system is doing and, and how, you know, where the objects in your space are and you, you put them in the middle of a big 30 by 30 empty space and, you know, tell them what they're going to do. You're going to sit inside of this patrol car and react to what you got. Um, you know, you can shoot through the patrol car if you need to, you can shoot, um, through the glass, understand a little bit more about how the ballistics work around, um, you know, windshields, uh, pillars of vehicles, different parts of cars. And, and we see often that depending on the, the scenario or the drill that they're running, they get so immersed in what's happening that when someone talks, someone outside of VR talks, they're like, oh, yeah, there's still other people around, right? Like they kind of 
get so sucked into something. And that's a pretty good indicator of where their head's at. Um, so what we're doing now is we're also testing pain penalty along with that. Um, and that's where you see a lot of the stress response, you know, get, get higher, of course. But even just the focus, right, the, the intention upon which they're doing what they're doing, knowing that there are consequences. I heard you guys talking earlier about Mr. Tyson there. You know, the knowledge that there are consequences to our actions <laughs> yeah. is different than the actual experience of those consequences. Right. right? Yeah. So this is this is something that we're working towards as well. Um, and we're actually trying to measure it. So we're not just doing all this stuff and saying, hey, guys, you know, use this VR system, which, by the way, does not replace live fire, does not replace force on force with live, you know, live resistance and actors, none of those things. Right. This is a supplement. This is a way to make sure that when you go to do those really expensive and low you know, um, low frequency events that you do those things better, safer, uh, and take more out of it. So this system, you know, doesn't replace those events, right? So it supports those events. And, you know, how do we know it works is a good question, right? So you mentioned, you know, do they flinch? So we, we see some of those elements of them being really immersed in the scenario, but we also have done measurements using EEG. So we have a, a basically a hospital grade mobile EEG system that a partner of ours up here in, in Canada has developed. And so we used that and measured the brain activity from officers from different agencies. And we, we controlled for firearms, uh, you know, knowledge, understanding. We had a warm up in the firearms section. We controlled for understanding and, and familiarity with VR. They had all used the VR system before that day and again in a warm up before we did the testing. Um, so we controlled for those things and we had them literally do two scenarios in VR and then two scenarios in force on force. Uh, using airsoft while measuring brain activity the whole way through and measuring heart rate the whole way through. And what we saw was between the two events, um, they were very similar. There was slightly more stress in the force on force because we didn't have pain penalty in the VR. And there was more engagement in the virtual reality because it was a complete immersive environment versus a, a shoot house with plywood walls and a dude in a freaking suit. Right. So yeah. we are testing and actually measuring these things because that's important, right? Nobody that I've seen has really done a detailed measurement of what these simulators are giving our officers. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Like I'm thinking of the years I've gone through doing like Milo and, and that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. You're never really measured on, I mean, here's the thing. My, we all know Milo to me, it's a video game, you oh, know, yeah. like, like I don't even feel like I'm really And after running doing a ton of scenarios on there, you yeah. kind of see some of the programming that's yeah. on there too. You can almost kind of cheat at it. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what you eventually start doing is, is you, you start cheating at it. And, and here's the thing, like, you know, I'm doing a, like, you know, for example, like, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago or, or so we did a Milo thing and it was a like an active shooter type situation i wasn't like ducking out of the way not to no. get shot or anything i just you stand your ground you boom boom and right. that's it and then the scorer behind you the guy running the computer yeah okay you hit him hit. here here yeah. and here and i'm like yay you know check the box check we're the done box. here we go the box. yeah i, I right. mean here's the thing like i agree with you taylor you can never replace uh force on force type training in terms of the right. realism and stuff like that but but again adding something to supplement your training, adding like all these tools for your tool belt, as we call it, all these tools that are available out there to make the best training possible for your officers, your, your military members, your service members. Um, why not do it? You know, to like, they will spend like, it, it's funny, like, you know, as well as I do, like some cities and, and town managers and mayors will set, will spend, fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars over the stupidest fucking thing they ever see. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the big dig. How much did that fucking cost the state? 
you know, and it's hundreds like, of billions, hundreds of billions. But here's the thing, like, why not? Okay. Yeah. 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50. Here's a hundred thousand dollars for equipment for training. Wonderful. Tools like this, especially in today's environment in law enforcement, where, you know, the academics that don't have an actual grasp on how policing is done, yeah. they're all calling for major police reform and major reform and training yeah. and this and that. You have state-of-the-art shit yeah. that's available to you. Yeah. If I was a chief, I'd be going right to my city council and saying, hey, I'm buying fucking three of these systems. You guys all are complaining to me that we have lack of training and yeah. the cops should be trained better and blah, 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 blah. Here it is. Yeah. Here it fucking is. And I, I, I can't wait to see one of the city councilors say, no, you don't need that. You're the one telling us that we need it. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like well, We've actually had the city council come out and, and participate in one of these events because I, they, they wanted to see what are they spending. Yeah. We did a contract for this agency, and they're like, what are we spending this money on? No problem. They came out. The media came out. We had a screen simulator on site as well to compare the two. Yeah. And, and the takeaway was the obvious, right? VR yeah. is the future. and. It does induce a lot more stress and a lot more immersion, um, and so the, the point gets across even clearer than those typical things you see with the media going to do the screen system stuff, uh, because it is just that much harder. It's another, like Iman said, it's another tool on the tool belt. Yeah, it's something that can help progress policing. Policing will never be will never be perfect. No, combat will never be perfect. No, it's one step forward. Yeah. That's all it really is. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, with, when it comes to training, like, I'm very uh, involved in my department's training because I'm one of the firearm instructors, and I always kind of push for a different type of training, for realistic training, rather than the check-in-the-box type training uh, for the officers. Because here's the thing. Like, part of my lesson plan for, for the active shooter stuff that we're going to be doing, yeah, the guys are going to be doing some physical fitness type stuff to get their heart rates to, to peak, basically. And then I'm going to have them run through a scenario with an elevated heart rate and yeah. to make them think on their toes because that's what is actually happening in the real world when we when that 1% fucking happens like for example Boston Marathon bombing when that 1% actually hits the fucking fan you want to hope that your you that your fellow officers you and your fellow officers perform correctly and are able to fight through that response that fight or flight response and freeze fight, and, and and not freeze in place you know, and, and that's the thing. There's that great picture, Boston Marathon Bar, three Boston cops, one, two, and three. It, it's like it, it made its circulation all around right right when the bombs went off. Yeah. You have both, all three cops unholstered their weapons right away, and each of them took a, took a 360 almost like perimeter. One yeah. guy was looking left, one guy was looking right, the other guy was looking forward, and it's like, holy shit, like they were locked on. Absolutely, man. Look, training, it's, it's one of those things where you need to evolve or you die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Look at... You're a firearms instructor. Yeah, I mean, and 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 Taylor, you said you were a firearms instructor. I, I don't know if you you had dealt with this. I I was just at the range probably two three weeks ago, and there was a very I, I've got twenty years on the job, so I can be an old timer now, right? But there was somebody that had more than yeah. me. And you know, after you fire your rounds, and you got to make sure that everybody looks to the right and to the yeah. left. Yeah, right. It's pretty standard these days. Yeah. Do you ever remember the old swing back and forth? Oh hell yeah! Do you still see people doing I it? I still see it. I if we still, st you lose your mind. Yeah. That was standard fucking 20 years ago. Exactly. That's how people were taught. Yeah. We evolved. Yeah. Now we don't look like fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I've actually added on for those at my department who are listening, they're going to fucking cheat now, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, firearms training. Uh, now when you do the scans, yeah. be on the lookout for something. Cause I'm going to ask you if you see it, if you saw it, because I want to see you know, their you, tunnel vision. You know what you should do? What's that? To get people to effectively fucking focus on that, yeah. 
Offer them money. <laughs> if you see it, you get five bucks. Or if you see it, you get to leave early. You'll see, yeah. yeah. You'll see everybody oh, fucking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> no yeah. more tunnel vision, yeah, bro. Exactly, exactly. So that, that's the thing. Like these types of training systems, like with, with Taylor and, and, and yeah. Chimera, it, it's, it's amazing to me because it, it picks up on those little um, details that is needed for the job, uh, especially with training. Um, and, and I think Taylor, you said how many, how many, how many overall departments, uh, do you, uh, that you guys are contracted with now or, or is there, uh, do you just sell them and then they, uh, they kind of do their own thing? It's a mix. It's a mix. Really. We have uh, federal and local clients. Yep. Um, we also serve security companies and, um, private training institutions, you know, like centrifuge is our partner in law enforcement in the state. Yep. Uh, particularly around the, the vehicle related tactics and some of the clients for sure take the system and, and go and you know run their programs with it if you can create content in VR so they don't have to reach back to us if they don't want to uh, which is something I always found annoying with screen simulators that if I ever wanted to create some serious content I would have to reach back to the company and I'd have to create <laughs> yeah. good luck yeah, exactly. and my boss would have to approve it exactly yeah and then maybe it would happen next year but it's certainly not going to happen next week yeah. which is about the amount of time that I got from my boss in terms of notice of, Hey, we want to do this training next week, figure it out. Right. And you're like, uh, okay. So we created that end user tool so they could make, you know, literally they could take a blueprint of a real place, bring it into virtual reality That's and so train cool. on it. Oh, That's wow. So I, cool. I, I see that was going to be, yeah. That, wow. That, that was going to be one of my questions was if a department, let's say they have a, a school in their, in their, in their district, right? they can take the floor plan of that school and put it into the simulator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we can, there's multiple levels. Like we could build out the school brick for brick, you know, and, and make an exact copy of it for the, the client. But we also offer that kind of, again, you want control over the process. Maybe you don't, um, you don't even have like a budget to do this. You just need to, to train it. Yeah. Um, you know, we offer that service of like, we will throw, some blueprints into the system, um, send you a copy with the blueprints in the system, and then all you have to do is take them down and put the walls where you want to right. train. Basically, you can drag and drop the walls where you want them, doors, you can change all the orientations around. So you're, down the back it's, it's like Roblox, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. It's like, it, it, it's meant to be drag and drop, um, and it's meant to be something that you can also export and share so you can set the systems up across the internet. We've already done a couple exercises with, you know, six people in three countries working on the same active shooter situation. And then, you know, after we finish running through it, you review it, we debrief it, and we talk through, you know, hey, how do you guys do it in Germany? Here's how we do it in Canada. How do you guys do it in the States? Oh, so, uh, so it records it. So, so it records the, uh, the event? Yes. Yeah, it oh, records okay. everything that happened both in terms of data points and in terms of the video that you can play back either from a first person perspective or from a third person. Like oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then of course the data points too, of like uh, everything from hits and misses, but also we have a, uh, an indicator of if you flag or muzzle somebody, um, you know, it, it counts that. And it lets wow. you know, oh, no shit. Okay. Oh, that's cool. How yeah. about, uh, how about, uh, civilians? Like as in, uh, yeah. Are, are you able to build in civilians like, like, you know, a crowd or something like that? Or and, dead people or, or dead people or whatever. Like if they're doing like a real intense type training. Yeah. A hundred percent. We can literally do anything you can imagine. The stuff that's in the system today, um, you can put down 
people. You can make them into crowds. You can make them, um, you know, passive or actively part of the part of the drill of the scenario. Even kids, kids always throw people off in yep. VR. They're like, "Oh, there's a child! Like, what's going on?" You know, yeah, it's a yeah, weird yeah. kind of like situation. Um, yeah, and I, I, we're we're currently working on adding, um, you know, like victims and how victims are going to portray and, and even small decision making in the tactical medicine side of the house, which I, I think often also gets kind of left. Yes, it left does. To it the, does. Yes, it does. Relegated to the bottom. Yep. You know, even just like simple stuff, like do I do I stop and apply direct pressure? Do I you know do I do something about this now or do I come back to it later? What did I communicate to my team about the, the status of this person, where they are, what's going on with them? Simple you know, triage. Simple. Yeah, there's some simple stuff there that I think, again, just just adds value because it's so hard to train. At least it seems like that from what I've seen in the last four years of doing this. Like it's pretty hard to get that training to happen. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yes. Is. Oh my god! Yes. It it is extremely extremely uh, difficult to get this type of training. But here's the thing: you do it in VR. Again, what your eyes see, your mind believes to be true. Right. right? By the time you're in that immersion, you're gonna like, oh my sh- god, this dude's fucking bleeding out. What am I doing now? You know. So it's uh, it's 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 really fascinating stuff that that you you put together and are putting together Taylor. I, I actually love this. Taylor, what is, I'm looking at the website right now and I'm looking at uh, kind of towards the bottom. It says revolutionary teaching tool with ghost mode. What is that? So you were talking about the ability to review what happened in the scenario. That's what we call ghost mode, the first person perspective. The reason we call it that honestly is because the idea came from racing games, right? And you have those time trials. You have like the ghost that you can kind of follow or try to beat when you're doing, you know, the race and, and see how do you get a better line? How do you improve on your last lap or the, the, you know, the, the best lap that there is? And that's why we, we decided to make this ghost mode, like a, basically a translucent version of the user, which could also be the instructor. So if you guys are trying to pass on, hey, this is how we go into this room or this is how we're going to move through this structure or through this, this event, you know, that can all be data that not only am I going to watch from a third person perspective, but I could literally step inside of the translucent version of you and follow you along. Point oh, no shit. Oh, that's that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. This yeah. Whole, that is like, yeah, now that I'm picturing it, it is like, uh, like the, uh, you know, when, when I remember playing, you know, this, this racing game in the past where you're just following this ghost car to learn how to drift and, you know, to, to turn. And actually that is actually Pretty that cool. is really cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So I got a technical question for you, Taylor. How long do the systems last? How long does it last? You mean like battery life? Yeah, like if I wanted to put five guys through it in a half an hour, you know, a two minute scenario, am I going to have to be charging this thing 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No, no. So the standard battery on the Quest headset is, uh, it's a limiting factor. Typically, we recommend upgrading to like uh, an external battery pack. So the ones we use at the conferences typically are like a 10-hour battery. Um, and so essentially, you can run the headset for 10 hours nonstop. Awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, everything else, like the controllers that do the tracking, those batteries last about two months. And the, uh, the interface between the weapon system and the headset lasts about 12 hours. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's really cool, man. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I like this. So, uh, I mean, Taylor, you, you're putting together a great product and, uh, and it's, it's unreal. Uh, the type of stuff that, uh, that, <laughs> that is out there for law enforcement. And 
you know, so as we're uh, slowly uh, wrapping up, um, just is there something you want to plug? You want to let people know where you're going to be next? So that way, you know, our listeners, if they're interested, you know, they probably are going to be interested to go to wherever you are, uh, especially if you're coming to the Northeast, because we're, we're, we're up here in the Northeast, uh, myself and Pete. So if, if there's any upcoming demos or training that you're going to put on or you're going to be at some conferences, uh, please, uh, you know, Feel free. The floor is yours for the next, you know, couple minutes. Hey, I appreciate that a lot. So I'll say this: we are, we do essentially once a quarter a traveling road trip through a different part of the United States, uh, and we also have demonstration units that are available for any law enforcement agency that wants to test the system. And again, armed professionals as well, not just law enforcement. But mm-hmm. uh, if you want to test the system, reach out to me at Taylor at ChimeraXR.com. And uh, we will set you up with a demonstration unit for up to five business days, depending on the size of your agency, um, for free. You basically get to test the system, try it out in your, your environment. There's no smoke and mirrors. You know, we will literally walk you through a virtual setup. It takes about 90 minutes of, you know, how, how to use the system, how do you set up the boundaries, how does the safety side of it work, and then, of course, the performance of, you know, what program you want to run. And you have a, a literal hands-off approach of, you know, you can run whatever you want. You have a system for that number of days. And then you just ship it back when you're done. Um, but, of course, in-person is the best. And for anyone that's listening, you know, you can't really get a full understanding from our website or from our Instagram because it's not VR. Like, you have to put the headset on. Even if you know someone and their kid has a headset, like, just go put the thing on. And it'll make a lot more sense why yeah. this is such a big deal because it is the intersection of a lot of different aspects of training. And it's also the first time as trainers we have ever been able to completely control and see what our students are experiencing in the first person, right? We've never been able to do that. I could never completely control what you see and make everything exactly the way I want it. So um, we will have in-person demonstrations as well. We're going to be at Michigan Tactical um, Officer Associations Conference. That's happening next week. Um, I think it's 16 to 19 May. Uh, in Canada, up here, we have our, our provincial conference as well, the uh, OTAP, Ontario Tactical Advisory Board Conference, same time. Uh, we'll be at that one as well. For Science Institute, uh, their conference is in June. I'll be a, a speaker on uh, on their conference, so feel free to come meet up with me in Tampa. That's in Florida um, in 21-23 June. And in between all of that, you know, we are setting up some other demonstrations in New York State and uh, potentially some other places. I would love to come out and, and see, you know, anybody who's listening that is interested in this technology. Um, again, we want to make it accessible to you, right? We're not trying to build something that's too expensive for you to, to access um, and start working with immediately. So, yeah, reach out to me, Taylor at ChimeraXR.com, if you guys want in-person demos or a virtual, you know, we ship you a system to try it out. Um, and we're happy to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, check out our YouTube page as well. There's some content on there that might help answer some questions too. And yeah, please reach out. Awesome, man. Well, truly appreciate you coming on, Taylor. Uh, this is an amazing thing. Just uh, hang on the line after we do the uh, the outro uh, for a second, bud, and uh, we'll we'll bring you right back. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You got it. Dude, I love it. Yeah, right? I absolutely love this shit. Yeah, so cool. It gives me hope. Yeah. It gives me hope in the sense that, you know, not all is lost in law enforcement. Oh, really? There's guys that are out there that are innovating, Yeah. that are getting shit done, and it's exactly what we need, man. Yep, exactly. 
fucking badass. Guys, Project Sapient, check us out. ProjectSapient.org. Oh my! I don't know what was in my mouth. Whore? Did you just say whore? <laughs> Dot whore. <laughs> we want to say thanks to our supporters, Till Valhalla Project, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, FitCops.com, 22 Mohawks. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient.